about sports at all? Like, I don't even know if we've been doing that. Have we been doing this? We haven't done it at all. Like, um, I don't really know what to talk about with sports because all my teams are all jacked up right now, so I don't really know what to do. Um, you know, the Browns are browning, right? And uh, I, I don't know if Baker Mayfield's the truth or not. I really don't, but, you know, he's he's what we got. He dro- uh, I'm, he, pretty, uh, I'm pretty convinced that. that he doesn't need to be, but he's who we got. Uh, yeah, I have a pretty clear understanding on that matter. And uh, no, he's, he's not the truth. Serviceable, yes. If everything works correctly, and it, it sounds like uh, you know Miles Garrett was saying, oh, I'm sorry, Ron. Uh, we need to take another break. My son is wailing, and unfortunately, I'm the only one that can put him back down. Can you give me and you did that and learn hopefully i don't have to do that right you know hopefully you, you either take care you take care of your son you take care of other people you take care of people one way or another whether they're directly related or not so you know who knows you'll be taking care of your grandmother mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure uh some of those things can be similar not not to say that you know women uh, you know the elderly and babies are the same. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes they can have similar ailments. <laughs> Let's be honest. Benjamin Button ain't that far from the truth, right? So, like, when we peak from, you know, 18 to 49 or whatever you want to call it, as we get older, we start to go back towards adolescence and a little bit more towards toddlerhood. Old people, they don't really care about nothing. They're stuck in their ways. They're very stuck. They want what they want. They want what they want. They want it now. And the only difference between them and Tyler's is like, I'm 86 years old. You going to tell me I can't have some ice cream? You know what I mean? Like, that's like, and what are you going to say? Like, like I want ice cream. Well, we don't have any ice cream. We'll get some ice cream. We ain't got no ice cream. Well, I can't go get it. Right. Thank you, little, thank you, little Johnny, which is spicy attitude. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh uh, yeah, but in anyway, uh, back what I was saying before was in order to get this point, we were talking about the Browns, and uh, you know I don't know if, as they are currently situated. You know Baker is enough for them to succeed. He's not going to be the cause of their success, but he's enough. But I worry about the other things, uh, like uh, the defense. Miles Garrett was talking about versus the Patriots. He was like, we were we were out uh, out coached. They were. I don't know if he said that exactly, but his intention, though, he was saying that they didn't make any adjustments, which everyone assumed was uh, their coaching staff, uh, our coaching staff didn't make any adjustments throughout the whole game. And he was like, they scouted us really well because they knew our weaknesses and they just kept exploiting that. (laughs) So it sounded like he was upset with our coaching staff's and his team's preparation versus New England, which is the gold standard. So, which is the gold standard, especially when it comes to coaching and Bill Belichick do more with less than anybody. Right. Yeah. Like besides having Tom Brady, a lot of times he was MacGyvering a whole lot of stuff. (laughs) I mean, you know, what do you think those videotapes were for? They, right. they were just taking them for no reason. They was right. using that. <laughs> we need this. Okay. 
But yeah, I, I need to know their place. I need to know what they're doing, what they call it. We, I'm going to tell it all to you the week before. Like the, the thing with the Browns is our secondary can never be 100% healthy. I don't think they've been 100% healthy since they've been drafting these so-called studs. Um, they've had Ford a, came back out of interception for you last Ford week. Came, took it to the house. We, but we run a defense where we have five corners out there. So what I'm saying is <laughs> he is one of them. <laughs> We got like three or four that are really old and a couple that are really young. And they're just, the young ones just aren't ready. A couple of the young ones can't get on the field. And then we are designed to have a pass rush that will get to that. But the problem is we're not stopping the run. So, they, I mean, people just do whatever they want with us, right? They, they've had it to where either Miles Garrett is going to feast or it's going to be family. And that's, and that's right. it. Him and Clowney are just going to do whatever. And then that's going to be it. And if they decide to key in on them, then we're exposed, and it's sad. Um, Baker, the problem I have with Baker is not that he's mediocre, right? I don't mind him being mediocre. I mind him thinking he's not. <laughs> you did, there you right? go. Like Kirk Cousins I would put is him not above here. average. I put him at sixty percent above average. It's still mediocre, right? Like let let's 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 say no, middle 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 fifteen, right? Like. Anywhere from it's number ten to number twenty-four, like Baker's somewhere in there, right? Not even as low as twenty. He didn't have to be that low, but you know he's not elite, right? But he takes elite chances. He has elite. He has elite stuff, right? He if he was a pitcher, he'd have elite stuff, but he wouldn't be always hitting his corners, right? Like that's that's who Baker is, uh, and. I would love for his bravado to match some of that sometimes, but a lot of it is just <sighs> it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It, it, I completely understand. Uh the uh deep thinker in me thinks that somebody who is as talented as Baker, meaning not to say a lot, but just his collection of talents mm-hmm. in order to maximize that uh, he may have to be that cocky or feel that. <laughs> or oh no, no, I agree with that. In order to get it popping as much as he can get it popping, because it feels like he's an overachiever. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he's definitely an overachiever, which is okay, right? I don't have a problem with that, except for the simple fact that if that's the case, then he has to at least think he's the best guy in the room, and you can't win like that because he's not the best guy in the room, right? Like with football, you gotta have guys. You can't just have just dudes out there. Right. You gotta have guys. like you gotta have Odell Beckham. There has to be one or two of them on your team. If, the if one we got is Miles Garrett. That's it. Nick Chubb, maybe. <laughs> Nick Chubb. I'll give Nick Chubb that. Yeah. I felt like he's he spent the entire uh, OBJ experience trying to prove that he he didn't need to throw it to he, him. He didn't need to it to him. Right. And like I feel like OBJ got a bad rap because OBJ was open a lot. And when he wasn't open, he was doubled, which is why people like Rashard Higgins can get the ball and look fantastic, right? Right. Because I think Bomani said, like, as soon as, as soon as Odell was gone and they started throwing to people, three catches for 28 yards, two catches for 11 yards, five targets, zero yards for everybody else. Like, nobody's getting nothing. Your leading receivers are your tight end and I think Kareem Hunt. 
I mean, <laughs> yes, but don't forget his top receiver Landry's been hurt most of the year, so you know, I'll give you that. Uh, but Landry's, Landry's been hurt. number two. That's the problem. Landry was supposed to be number two. That's the problem. But he was number one before uh, OBJ, and he was number one during OBJ. He's his favorite receiver. You know, everybody got their favorite. Cooper Cup, I don't think, is a num- the number one wide receiver in LA. He's not. Uh, no, Robert Robert he's, Woods he's, does a lot of. Robert Woods is hurt. Yeah. He's gonna play. Well, Cooper Cup is running the slants, but Cooper Cup has always been the one getting the most catches, you know. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. Um, I forgot my point. Landry. But, oh, here, Bomani did say that he heard OBJ was right, was running his own routes. So that could explain the issues. You know, uh, Baker's short. And he's, right. He can't, he's he can't like, see all that. Right. I'll give you that. He's got to go where he expects people to be, and if you're not there it, to play at his level, he's got to be able to read, read the. Uh, you should be able to read the defense to see that the there's an opening somewhere, and that somebody of OBJ's caliber is going to get there. If he runs the right route, he expects you know he's looking at his routes. He expects you to be here, and he's looking there. He's got you know that may be part of part of the issue. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and that, and that's another that's another level, right? Like that's the stuff that. Brady have with Gronkowski that Rodgers has with Devontae Adams, like stuff that they had where you, you go on a route, your route is a post route, but whoever is in the secondary there is playing that to where you're supposed to go so you play under it so you can be open or you play above it so you can be open. And you're, you should be able to see that. But that's that's what Baker's not seeing, right? Because okay. I keep seeing – but I'm not. I'm not, and that's not. That's not his fault completely, because that's not. That's not an easy thing, because you do all that in, in a split second. That's the stuff that yeah. separates, you know, Breeze, and Manning, and Brady and Rodgers from other people, because they could do that. Well, also, but they they have trust in there. Like they have a relationship. They trust their receiver. They know he's going to make that. When he sees this, he may do this. He right. sees, you know, they've either played enough, or they've practiced yeah. with each other enough, or you know, just experience. Yeah. To uh, to know or have that relationship and that trust, and it don't seem like they have. Or that. you just read the defense, and you see where they're going. If you see where they're going, you're gonna see where the pockets are, right? So if your receiver is not there and he's where the route is, you can tell that route will be covered, and you can't necessarily throw him open depending on where right. the defense is being played. But you have to be able to see that. Being short makes it hard, right? Makes it hard, but that is that next step. Right, that is that next level. It's like okay, I can read him off. Okay, or I can throw him open because they're going to play this, and he'll be open right here. Everybody can't do that, which is why everybody ain't got rings, right? Um, and some can do it, and then some just throw pretty balls, like like Marino could could do it, but you know he just didn't have enough help. But a lot of them can't do it. Your top fives are the one to do it. Russell Wilson, get out the pocket. He's, he, he made different holes and routes for that. Drew Brees did the same thing. That's the stuff Baker's going to have to do. He's going to have to extend the play and try to find those pockets where he can get the ball where nobody else is going to be. But that's going to – he doesn't he doesn't scramble enough. And I think that's it's weird sounding, but I feel like he has to make those lanes. He, he It's like he tries to play quarterback like he's 6'6". 
<laughs> the problem I think sometimes with him is he just he doing too much. He like you said, he thinks he's sick sick. Even when he's scramble, he's gonna try it. Yeah, he what did he get hurt with? Uh he got hurt trying to tackle somebody after an interception. Right. <laughs> right. They got ran him over and now right. he's over there hurt. It was like Tom Brady wouldn't have been anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I saw uh Teddy Bridgewater apologized. It, I don't. I don't know why he apologized. Because I, I mean, I kind of get it. In the Super Bowl, Cam should have over that ball. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater with two ACLs. Uh, he doesn't need to be doing anything extracurricular. Right. You know, as the quarterback, I. I, I didn't think he needed to apologize. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, what are we doing out here? You know, it's like when Tom Brady throws it into the dirt at the at the immediate hint of pressure. It's like, it's right. funny. But, uh, what do you call I it? Hurtling? He's hurtled up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you got to protect yourself if you want to play another day. And yeah. if the team is willing to make, you know, says your skills are worth making that trade off, then. That's what you have to do. So yeah, I and I mean, you know, football players make a living um, trying. At least quarterback. Just, well, just football players, period. Because a lot of those quarterbacks play more than one position, at least in high school, right? Because they, yeah, they're, they're the best athlete on the team. And they spend their whole life being tougher than they're supposed to be, right? They play with a lot of pain and, and they just, it's just pain they don't talk about. And, you know, when they retire, you know, you saw you saw ballers with the rock. All them cats are on pain meds the rest of their life, right? Because they wake up with headaches that they that are excruciating, like migraines that they never had before. They're sensitive to light. You name it. They got all kinds of crap going on, and they do it just because they want to go out there and get hit, and they're a tough guy. Yeah, all right. But I'm saying the quarterback is the head of the team. Sometimes you got to protect the bag. Michael didn't have a lot of fights in the NBA because. His teammates realize we gotta protect the bag, so somebody else is gonna. He got the enforcer to come in. You got your, your, your Rick Fox, which is the most hilarious enforcer I've ever heard. But uh, you know, uh, you got your Oakley. You gotta be the pretty enforcer. Sometimes you need a pretty enforcer. You know, I, Drake I, do some push-ups, man. Drake could be enforcer too. You know, somebody else to fight their fights. You know, maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. But I'm saying. This is the most important part of the team. They're going to elevate us. They're the bag. We got to protect the bag. And even the other players in the NBA know he's getting, getting for raising all our salaries. We kind of have to protect the bag. Yeah. So with the quarterback, I understand that. Well, you're talking about enforcer. Who do you think was the last enforcer type that was in the league? Because, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. Everybody's got to have a skill set of some kind. Well, I, I know it's shy, shocking to you, but uh, – Udonis Haslam is still on a NBA roster. He just doesn't play. Yeah, but he got a baseline jumper. So, <laughs> no, I'm saying he, he's like a coach now. He's not yeah. really. He's just like a, a legacy position, a player coach kind of deal. He's just keeping him on the roster. I mean, uh, I I think that's where they were going. Now to think about it, because the last the person I was thinking about was Kendrick Perkins. That was the last yeah, enforcer, yeah. and he was he was honorary uh, coach person who who suited up every now and then on the roster. Um, Jared Dudley had that same title, even though he he had a little three stroke, but he was doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the uh, player coach and your spiritual advisor. It, it's just hard for me to consider Jared Dudley an enforcer. He may be, but he just he looks uh, too goofy for it for me. I'll give <laughs> so you that. I'll give you that. But I think that was I think those are the lines. You didn't you don't have them and um, Kendrick Perkins. I think that was it was your last enforcers. Yeah, that was it. 
Uh, you, I guess you can count Draymond Green, but <laughs> he ain't fighting people. He's just you know kicking them. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was back when he had the the KD uh, Steph days. But I think after KD is uh, after KD uh, stabbed over the bag, you feel like he ain't going for for nobody. Maybe he'll still do it for Steph. Maybe Steph and Clay. Yeah. Maybe he still has loyalty for them. But. Maybe. Well, shoot. Let Clay tell it. Clay enforce it now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, Clay, Clay said, look, I ain't top 75. Y'all don't think I'm top 75, my guy? You know, I, I think if he had been hurt the past two seasons, he definitely would have got it. If he continues to play like he did. Like he, <sighs> it's, so, like, it's so tricky, right? Because, like, it's so tricky when we look at these – all-time greats, and we look at how good they are because they were next to someone who was, like, top five all-time, right? You know, there's that argument for Scotty, right, where people are looking, mm-hmm. at he's fringe, but Scotty's there because he's, you know, second-best player on that team. This is what it was, right? But he yeah. he was good at it. I don't understand Bomani's – let me ask you this. Do you think Scotty should be in the top 75? Seventy-five, yes. I think fifty is a is a is was a maybe, right? But at that time, it was so it was so hot. Like in ninety-two, I, yes. Well, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. But I'm saying, do you think he is one of the seventy-five greatest players now? Would you? I think is so. he solidly I, in there. I, 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 right there in between seventy to seventy-five. He's right there. I'd say because that point really? that point forward thing is is one of those things. And I think, you know, uh, an argument can be made for Lamar Odom, right? Because it's it's similar, right? Wait, wait, what do you mean? An argument can be made for him for the 75? No, no, not for 75, but for being that much similar to Scotty, right? Oh, yeah. Where also, if you make him the best player on the team, he can't do it, right? Scotty had that same issue. Scotty was the best player on the team. He'll get get numbers, but he's just kind of there. Right. I mean, he did do it one year. He was on his way to doing it. You he know. did it three years, didn't he? Well, I'm, t- I'm talking about being. He kind of did the man in Portland too. <sighs> really? I mean, he was, whether he whether he was or not, he was the lead. He was the lead dog, though. He, I think he was. He was the captain. Right. But uh, I'm not sure if he was the. Just take over. Apologize for. Uh, uh, the delay, but uh, he was, I think, you know, Rashid Wallace was, he was a little bit older. I don't think he was the guy, he may have been a captain, an elder statement, uh, but he wasn't the guy. Because that was the, that was the Scotty, Bonzi, Cliff, and Rashid team, wasn't it? And uh, Zach Randolph, young Zach Randolph? They might have been in the Jailblazers. Did they have Damon? Um, I think so. I, I, I get fuzzy in that time because I can't remember if Damon was there too or Damon had already transitioned to um, Toronto with Marcus Camby. I don't remember. I can't that, yeah. that that time is fuzzy to me. I can't remember completely uh, without using my Googles, and I'm not going to do that now. But um, it was a bad time for the NBA. Uh, <laughs> well, was that time a bad time? I think no, it was not, not anyway, really. No. no, it wasn't a bad time. I mean. People call it like the dark ages because we didn't really know where everything was going, but that was the ascendance of Kobe and Shaq, right? The Tim Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq bridged the gap between Jordan and LeBron, if you want to say it like that, right? It was the dawn of the Leastern, where the Leastern Conference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. definitely. 
<laughs> but you but the, bas- the, the basketball was great because you had you had two dynasties that were being born at that time. That Lakers dynasty and that Spurs dynasty was born in that time after Jordan. Yeah, because the Spurs won in '99, right? The lockout year. Yeah, they did win. And then that. and then uh, Lakers, Lakers Shaq was uh, 2000, 2001, 2002. And then I think yeah. the Spurs won in 03 and 04. No, no, they uh, they, they never Spurs, went back to back, but one time, right? They they never went back to back. It was never back to back. This is five. This is five of them total. Okay, never back to back. I got you. Yeah. So it was three Lakers. Then it was Detroit. Then the Spurs. Right. And the Heat. And the Spurs, because the Spurs and, beat Detroit. I got you. I forgot who it was after the Heat. I think it was the, the Spurs. Heat, Spurs again. They beat the Nets. Mm-mm. They beat Cleveland. Those are six. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, they gotcha. beat the Nets their second championship. So, oh, I think I'm missing one. So it was. Spurs. So Spurs first. No, oh, you're right. Three. No, no, no. no. Lakers three, then Spurs, then Detroit, then Houston, then Spurs again. Right. Right? Is that right? Houston? I, I got to look this up now. Yeah, Houston. I, who? You're mixing up Houston. No, I'm not. Houston number one. Lakers you, won their three. Then the Spurs, it was either the Spurs won one, the Spurs beat them that year, and they won a championship versus Spurs, the Nets. Okay, Spurs first one was against the Knicks. Then Lakers yes. three. Then Spurs, Spurs second one. Then Spurs second one, right? Against versus, who? yes, uh, versus the Nets. Okay, because the, the Nets went to the finals back to back. Who did they lose to? Both times. Did, Let's see. Did they play the, the Lakers? Lakers play? Did they play the Lakers, the Lakers play, in the third one? Yes, they yes they lost okay, okay. to the Lakers the third uh, time. And they the came Lakers back and lost to the Spurs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there then the go. Spurs came back and lost to the Pistons. Or no. No, the Lakers, the dynasty Lakers. Yes, came after back. they lost, like we gotta, we gotta get everybody. Like Palmer and Gary yeah. Payton, yeah, yeah, Hall of Famers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and then after that happened, the Hall of Famers, somebody went. Superman went to play with Flash, and Flash got his in 06. Yes, and then and I think then, the next and, year, and the next year was the Spurs beat the Cavs. That was 07. That was the. Uh, LeBron coming out party and he got two finals way too soon. Wait, am I missing something? When did the didn't the Spurs play uh Detroit in a final? Yes. Okay, so Detroit that? went to the finals back to back. Detroit beat the uh Lakers. Oh, okay, so you're right. They beat the, the Lakers. Next year, Detroit lost to the Spurs. There you and go. Next year. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where we go. I don't remember who won after the Heat. <laughs> um, the Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs beat those Cavs after the Heat. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then there was the Lakers dynasty, I think. Right. Lakers the, the, La- La- the Lakers Celtics dynasty. There you go. Celtics, Celtics beat the Lakers. Celtics. Lakers beat the Celtics. Then the Lakers beat um, somebody. Lakers beat somebody. Orlando. And then Orlando. They beat the Celtics. Orlando that beat uh, LeBron. That's right. Yeah. Orlando to be the best version of LeBron, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Because that was that was like LeBron averaging like 40, 10, and 10, LeBron. <laughs> and Dwight was arguably the best player to lead. Like, it was a crazy year. So, yeah. I think Dwight averaged like 27, like 13 boards, 
three blocks, something crazy like that. And they get the like gentleman that. sweep on the calves. Because <laughs> it would have been a sweep if he hadn't uh, hit that that uh, half-court bank shot, basically. Oh, I don't and that, remember that. Yeah, game one, uh, LeBron wins. Or, or game two, I think. LeBron uh, does a, like this buzzer beater to tie the series. And, and then uh, they get drum rolled by uh, Dwight and Jameer Nelson. <laughs> so they, you're saying Orlando won in five? I thought they won in six. Did they? I I thought I thought LeBron only won one game, but I don't remember. So. All I remember is they were completely outmatched. Even though we thought this when we thought LeBron was a man, and then it was like, oh my god, who is Dwight? And then they got the doors one off him in the finals. Yeah, I mean that that Houston team was kind of gimmicky. I'm sorry, I call him Houston. That Orlando team was kind of. I'm going to say gimmicky, but it was just different to everybody else. They were kind of like the Houston team of old where you had shooters. All those shooters were tall. And every successful LeBron team. Surround surround your dominating player with shooters. Well, I think those successful – you're right. You're right. Although he's always had – you know, he had some hard-nosed people. Like, JR is a shooter, but he's streaky. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, streaky. They always had one guy on there. I don't even know. Um, like those last kid Cleveland teams. Who was their? Who were their shooters? Kevin yeah, Love, Cleveland. Kevin Love, Kyrie. Uh, is it was it Kyle Korver? Kyle Korver was the year the year they lost. The year they won. He was there two of the years they lost. Right, but and I keep wanting to say Mike Miller, but Mike Miller was the Heat. Um, yeah, the Heat had some shooters. You know, they had Ray, Ray Mike Miller, and Ray, Ray, uh, Ray Allen. They had somebody um, else though. I know they have more shooters. I just can't. I can't think. Um, did uh, oh Damon Jones as player coach was on that team? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's your boy who who turned that into fifty million dollars? Um, the uh, the Slavic dude, uh, the point guard. Dova Dova. Oh, Dova Dova. <laughs> you mean LeBron, LeBron's uh, replacement? Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> he hey, hey, we got Dallas. When he, in those no, no, no. You're talking about the point guard. I'm talking about Chetty. Chetty is LeBron's replacement. Oh, no. I'm not talking about Chetty. <laughs> yeah, you told, yeah he, he got paid as a point guard. He was decent. He yeah. Dova well, was decent. Cavs. He was just, you know, he was just whatever. And he went to, who, who, who ended up paying? Was it the Bucks? I think it was the Bucks. Yeah, it was the Bucks. Yeah. How the you Bucks know, always get stuck with these people and then find their way out of those contracts? That's what I never understand. <laughs> those type of players elevate under LeBron. LeBron. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, who's he in Chicago now? Who's that? Who's that guy? I, I don't want to call him out his name. Uh, the he wears a headband. He is Caucasian. You know who I'm talking about? Caruso, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also LeBron. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying those cats elevate, and I like Caruso. He that is LeBron's hero minor. Is who that was. Yeah, <laughs> I was mad when Caruso was hitting shots, and he was doing it, me mugging you, and, and dunking on people. It's like, who is who is Billy Ho? Who is it? <laughs> he looking at you like you didn't think I could make that, did you? And I'm like, I'm looking at no, him, I, did like, I didn't think you could make that, and you making it. I'm you didn't think so either, right? <laughs> now he he looks like he believes. He's like, I'm gonna show you. Hey, so he, you're my respect. He's gonna play. He, he balls. But yeah, man, that Orlando team, man, the uh, the ghost of Hito Turkoglu was on that team. Didn't he was uh, good? He was good. He was fantastic. He he also turned that into a big contract in uh, Toronto. If I'm not mistaken. 
I think they tried to. I think they tried to make him the man in Toronto for a little bit, and it was like, nah, this is it. But yeah, that team was dangerous. Rashard Lewis was on that team uh, before his, before his downturn. Uh, Roided up. Roided up. He took um, and then Big Big Baby was on that team as well. <laughs> was he? Oh, yeah, man. Big Baby was on that team. Yeah. Yeah, so it was an interesting squad. They hit a lot of threes, and if they were on, is mm-hmm. you don't have the shooters to match them, which what happened to Cleveland. Um, yeah, it was, it was just long series. And they had oh, they had Skip too. They had Skip Malou on the team because um, J- Jameer Nelson got hurt that year. He didn't come back to the finals. I don't think he did get to he he got to the finals. Okay, yeah, so I, I watched think the interview with Skip Malou on uh, Lad. And it was very entertaining. Glad TV. Jeez. <sighs> Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just keep oh, I was, just, I was just saying. What, are you of the opinion that he puts people in jail? Is that why you? you no, you no. Like I just, him? you know, I'm just, you know, yeah. I put him in that in that academics um, category. It's like we we gonna talk about this dude. This is what we're gonna do. This is this is where we're at. I'm just asking. Okay. It's Fair fine. Enough. I just ask. Fair enough. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna not do it. I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, so we doing?" Feedback voice. So we doing? You wrong with this dude? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, forget my DMX impression. I, I don't have it, but uh, I tried. Yeah. I tried don't worry. We're gonna put this on wax. It's gonna live in infamy. You know. There you go. I gave you one. I gave you my own. So, so we're even. Yours is very good. I appreciate it. <laughs> when I play this back, I feel like it won't be that good. <laughs> cut that impulse. Let's cut it out. Yeah. What, what was what did Uncle Joey say? Cut it out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, cut mm-hmm. it. Wait, no, wait. Cut it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that show on Nickelodeon all the time. I know he said it on, uh, you know, Full House, but I was on the Nickelodeon show. I think it was called, I don't know what it was called. Something that was called Cut It Out? Nah, nah. He had his own show. Oh, it was called "Cut It Out." You're right. And that's where he did. It. That's yep. where he had that phrase. Uh, that's where I first learned about him. I watched Full House because I was a uh, whitewashed uh, black toddler, and I watched uh, I watched it on Fridays. Well, yeah, I know you did. You trying to catch Journey Smollett? Um, I hated Full House. I don't know why. I didn't like it. Now I watched Step by Step. You know, it wasn't because it was, you know. Caucasian. I watched plenty of Caucasian shows. It was ninety percent of the shows I watched, but uh, for some reason, Full House didn't. Do I, it for I me. feel like you saying that is like you saying you had you got three black friends. Like, like <laughs> I watched plenty of white shows. It's fine. You know. Well, I'm Not saying deal. when we did, you had to. Well, you no, didn't have to. But I'm saying you if you watched to, television uh, like I did, you watched it. Exactly. We were raised by TV, and it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, you know, our wives don't agree with that, but you know, we do, right? Like you watch the lineups for stuff. You watch stuff that came on the Tuesday night lineup, the Wednesday night lineup, Thursday night on Fox, Black Night, and then uh, Friday night you get a little extra black sprinkled in with Family Matters, kinda. And when they felt like it, hang with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. They, they would drag that in and out, but you know, mm-hmm. I still I was checking for it. And then you know we had the Monday night blackness that kind of snuck in. We didn't realize how black it was till we got older. But, you know, you had Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Cosby Show. We didn't realize how black it really was at that time. Now, which Cosby Show are you referring to? I am not talking about the one 
where he all of a sudden came back and him and Felicia Rashad living in some apartment in the middle of New York? No, we're not talking about that. Well, then I'm going to have to correct you because the Cosby show was strictly Thursday. Was it Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday at 8 o'clock. And that was that block. uh, Thursday, 8, Cosby, 9, uh, Cheers. And then at 10 o'clock, started with Hill Street Blues. Then it went to L.A. Law. Very I do remember L.A. Law being on that. I do remember that. Thursday night NBC was was the stuff, but I did not. I I did not really watch it, mostly because Martin and originally the Simpsons were on Thursday night until they went to Sunday. Uh, and Living Color was on Thursday night. Then it went to Wednesday night. Then it went to Sunday. I remember. I remember all these things, right? I, I remember. I remember watching like In Living Color and then Roseanne. I remember that specifically because Roseanne was on Wednesdays too. And then dinosaurs for a very brief amount of time. <laughs> dinosaurs, they, they dragged that all over the map. Uh, I will tell you this. this Cosby show was 84 to 92. Martin, I don't remember. I know it was somewhere 90 or 91 to before it started, when it started right. six years run. So after Cosby show was over, then I kind of transitioned to Martin Thursday at 8. I don't remember how much overlap there was between Cosby show or if Martin was on at the same time when the Cosby show was running. I, I know the Cosby show won for me during that time, but <laughs> afterwards I transitioned to that Thursday block. And it might, became. and it might've been because Fox tinkered with all kinds of stuff. Cause they, they didn't, they were still getting into the game. They weren't exactly sure how they want to do their sitcoms because, you know, they were still on that thing where they stopped doing program at 10 o'clock. You know, they're still on that today. They're still on today? Okay. Because, you know, they, they had that news came on at 10 o'clock. And, like, 10 o'clock news. But L.A. Law is on right now. NYPD Blue is on right now. Why is the news on? Right? And um, they had, you know, the only time. No, they didn't. New York Undercover was 9 o'clock, too. I was trying to think of that. And I was like, nope. Yeah. That. But New York at at the Thursday that. block, eventually it was Martin. And, like you said, Living Single. And then New York Undercover. You're going to cover it. And then they perverted that to Sunday and they moved living single was on there with married with children. And then they got real frogging. Like, you know what? We're going to take family guy in a sense. We're going to move it to seven o'clock. Watch what I do to you. Right. And it went to seven o'clock. The experiment failed, which is why family guy got canceled before coming back for 37 million seasons. of shows. <laughs> Even though those, those first, those first seasons of Family Guy were so iconic. I remember because they were just doing whatever. Seth didn't care. Seth was just like, "Look, they gave me these seasons. I'm put this stuff out here. If it gets canceled, whatever. I'm putting this stuff out here because the stuff that's out now is not as risky, <laughs> risque as the stuff that came before. Because I think Seth just didn't care, and he's like, I'm going to do something that's somewhere between South Park and Simpsons, and I'm going to make it work. I mean, your creativity is." is definitely going to wane after season once you get to 20 <laughs> seasons right. plus right uh, like the, i don't even know if the simpsons is good anymore i just know i can't do it anymore like the first 10 years i'm with it and then yeah. after that i tried and i don't even try no more this is going on 30 and i'm just like it's just not for me <laughs> yeah no i think i just kind of i kind of grew out of it um i started it probably started when hbo started doing sunday night stuff mm. and i started getting further and further away from it and the older i got the more football i watched so i just didn't really care about eight o'clock um stuff and i was just like the simpsons all right matter of fact there was times where i used to skip the Simpsons. i watched married with children at nine like i didn't even you know i didn't even watch anything else and i remember um uh, not oz 
but because Oz didn't do it to where I was like, okay, I'm watching this. Whatever was on when Sex and the City was on in that time frame, mm. I started watching more stuff there. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I can do other stuff on Sunday nights. And I think I just stopped watching TV on Sunday nights, to be honest. Um, and, and I didn't really get back into it. Well, no, no, not really. The appointment television stopped being like that for me, for the most part. I'd watch stuff here and there, but it was just like, DVDs were starting to come out. We were just watching stuff when it would when it would air. It's so crazy, you know. Not crazy, but it's just so, so weird. You know, appointment television is kind of gone for everybody now. You know, right. there's still some things, but most people are doing their own thing. We got DV, like you said, we got DVR things. We can watch it delayed, watch it whenever we want it. Nobody right. watches anything at the same time anymore, except for sports. It's the only kind of unifying thing right. now. That's why it's so they're paying so much for it. So, so we know we can get you here at this time and show you this ad and right. this many people are going to see it so pay us and and, and I think it's, do anymore. That. it's I don't even think people care about that because I think they would watch that tape too if it wasn't for things like the Super Bowl right well, the Super Bowl and the uh, the orgasm of ads that is is makes it to where you need to watch football all the time Right, you need to watch football when it airs. You need, and of course, the legalizing of gambling, or at least the NFL acknowledging the gambling is done in their sport. Right? <laughs> Once they did that, it was like, oh, word, bet I gotta watch this game because I'm about to make me a lick. Oh, I agree with you, and like I will delay a game too. But the difference is, like with a show, if you can kind of avoid the spoilers if you want to. Uh, and watch other shows or something like that with the, with these sports, it's hard to avoid if you want to watch other sports. You're going to see that score. You're going to hear yeah. them talk about it. You know, so it, it, but I feel you. You can still delay that, too, except for Super Bowl. And you want people want some sort of communal mm-hmm. thing. When they, they, that's the only thing if you want that communal feeling, it's the only thing you can kind of go to to get to be sure the majority of people are going to be watching it now. True. True. Now, I think the real question is at least for these advertisers, is how do we get these commercials to the people at the game? Because the people at the game, they's paying, what, $50,000 for a ticket? Is like a base price? Something like that? Those are the people you want to watch these ads. <laughs> you don't want the people wow. that, that is going to a party with some chips. <laughs> you want this guy that just spent six figures so him and his son can go to the game once. Well, trust me, they get ads because, you know, at least at home, we can watch the ads or entertain. There's a lot of downtime there at those games. Like, I I, I don't even want to go to Ohio State games anymore. <laughs> like, I went, I did it, it was fun, but, you know, the amount of downtime, like, it, it can be, especially in the cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'd rather be home. Like, I, at least I can watch the ads, they're entertaining, I don't have to sit the clock, you know. Sitting there, sitting there shivering, so yeah. they have some ads to play. Uh, they definitely do, but it's just a different experience. Uh, yeah, I um, you know, last week was that Florida State Miami game, and I got a really, really good friend down here. She's a huge Miami fan. And I found this out, and I was like, "Oh, word!" Wait, what did you just say? Miami, Florida State. No, what did you say before that? It was last week. I said I almost went. Oh, okay, yeah, that's all. Almost I was, went. And I was and I was thinking about this. I didn't end up going mostly because of the the, the irritation I had. But um, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, it is November. 
this is the only place I'd be going is to a Miami Florida State game because you know we grew up in Ohio. We went to every single football game without really caring about the game that much, mostly for girls, and it was cold as hell, right? <laughs> cold as hell all the time, and it wasn't even the coldest part of the year, right? Like we're just sitting here like this with uh, in some jean jacket, which doesn't actually make you any warmer. It's just covering you, right? We all had jean jackets on for whatever reason. It wasn't making you warmer. It's just jeans, right? And we got the what were those little hand warmers that had the little silica in it that would make uh oh. make your hands warm. We used to keep those in yeah, our pocket. Yeah. We over here like this, <sighs> trying to stay. It just what it wasn't working. And we would do that for what three hours, <laughs> and then slowly walk out of the stadium to a uh, to another field full of cars trying to find our way out of. <laughs> Stadium in the cold, yeah, trying to find somebody else's house to go to, and chill. right? Or, uh, or, or, dry, or what do we do sometimes? We drove to Beaver Creek to Steak and Shake. <laughs> so we would go, we would go to this game for three hours in the ice cold, and then we're going to drive another half an hour away from home to go sit at a really bad diner just because it's open and they'll let teenagers be here late, right? Like, <laughs> and also. I don't want it to be lost in anybody what it's like for three or four six foot and taller men in the Geo Metro uh, in the wintertime <laughs> going to a steak and shake at 11 o'clock at night, right? Don't pull my spot up. I'm still driving that right now. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, we're not small men, okay? And I don't even want to talk about what it was like for you because you were driving and you got five inches on me, all right? But me, I'm in the passenger seat you know, you saw my knees just like this, right? And I know the people behind us ain't got no room, but we in here, and you out here making sure you got that hand on that window. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I the defrost did not work that, the way it was thing. supposed to in that car. I didn't know. To this day, I don't know how that stuff is supposed to work. Like, <laughs> it works better in my car now. And I'm just like, am I supposed to put it on? Am I supposed to open the windows? Or it, it, it was um, jacked up. Ideally... You are supposed to match the temperatures on both sides of the glass, which makes it difficult, right? So what you want to do, what the best way to do if it's cold out is to turn the air on first and then transition it to heat. And that usually is supposed to do it. Now, if there's already frost on there, that makes it harder because you have to actually melt the frost. But that's what I have learned is it's easier when you, when you, um, if it's if it's fogging up, you got to change. Basically, what I do, I see it fog up. I just change whatever I got going on. So if I got the heat on and it starts fogging up, oh, turn the air on real quick. It clears up just like that. Then we turn it right back. Well, yeah. And I actually know the buttons with the, uh, at least the button now does what it's supposed to do for the most part on my car. I don't know what it, like you said, like I just explained and you explained to me uh, what it's supposed to be doing. I don't know how it does what it's what it's supposed to be doing, but uh, yeah, that was, oh man, it was dangerous. <laughs> I remember sometimes I'm like, I need to pull over here because I need to figure out what's going on. I, I got to get this straight or I'll be looking at the little small crack like if this blow my hand driving out of that just trying to see oh, okay God. this is the only you, clear part God, going going down going down us 35 at uh at 1 a.m looking look like that do you don't see you don't see anything do you, do you see anything let me just say let make sure hey don't, don't don't touch don't touch the radio we i gotta focus all right i'll turn it back on when we get close to the lights 
Because 35 is slow, but I can't drive too slow. I don't want to. I don't want to attract that right. much attention. I still got to go with the flow. I remember. Well, not remember when I was in town uh, last month. I was on 35 at night, and I realized there's no lights on that highway, like none, except for at those little um, those little gas stations and those um, car dealerships. Those are the only lights until you get to like Dayton, like near Woodman Drive. Besides that, there's no more lights till you get to pretty much to Xenia, basically. Yeah. Oh, small town living. You ever seen? A beard so luxurious that you stopped what you were doing, dropped your jaw, and stared in awe at the majestic king who just graced you with their presence. It's fine, we all have. If you're like me, you even want to be that person. And like me, <laughs> you can. Thanks to the House of Classic Cuts Black Mango Beard Kit. House of Classic Cuts is a company dedicated to helping you have the beard of your dreams. They have a wide line of products designed to help you get that person-stopping, jaw-dropping beard. Their beard butter helps you soften hair, stimulate growth, moisturize your skin, and keep your beard healthy. And it smells great, too, thanks to their signature black mango scent. I love using their beard butter myself because that's really all the hair I got left. The top of my head is uh, a little follically challenged. But... The hair on my face has grown to be quite the mane, and I am um, growing a little attached to it. And because of that, I gotta make sure I put in the things that take care of it, day in and day out. But they also have a wide range of products for men's skin and hair care. Get yourself a bigger, better beard now by clicking the link in my description and using code HOCC at checkout. That's houseofclassiccuts.com. Promo code HOCC at checkout. Don't worry, you won't be disappointed. The House of Classic Cuts is making facial hair awe inspiring, one beard at a time. It's that beard butter, baby. I appreciate the time. I'm going to get off here because I know you have a, a child to put back down. Um, so enjoy yourself. Uh, and, uh, as Stargazers used to say, keep looking up. All right, Dashmaster. <laughs> Later. <laughs>